friends. Hello. Oh, we missed you so much. Welcome, welcome to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell edition. Guess who I have here with me right next to me? Hi, my name is Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'm the voice of every cartoon character you've ever heard. Why do you do this to me? So, 30 seconds before we did this, Emily's like, why are you so salty about Roswell? And I, to that, I say to you, wench. <laughs> is my mirthsome dog to be whistled upon by your command? No, yes. I say, no. Yes. I shall salt the earth should I choose. Anyway, let's talk about aliens. Let's talk about aliens. Wait, what do we do in our intros? I we keep just forgetting. Say hi. Hello. Hi. I'm telling people you're here because I love you and I'm so excited you're here with me. And <laughs> <laughs> you make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> play the music. Play the music. <laughs> Hey friends, welcome back to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell edition. We are talking today about Roswell, season one, episode nine. My name is Emily, and I actually should be working on my book. <sighs> my name is Megan, and I should be drawing storyboards, but instead... We're doing a podcast! We're making a podcast! <laughs> this episode, uh, Heat Wave... It was one that I didn't think I'd seen, but then as I watched it, I realized there were some things in here that I, I recognized. So, um, Megan, first thoughts about this episode. For those of you who don't know, Meg has not seen this series. I have. I don't really remember it, but I remember I really loved it. So, we're watching it again. So, um, I definitely... So, it's very funny. I can't ever accurately predict at the end of an episode what will happen on the next episode but once we get into watching an episode I can pretty much call everything that happens and it's very funny to me like there was there was one bit where two characters are arguing and I was like just say and I shouted out a whole line of dialogue and then she repeated that exact line of dialogue and it was like <laughs> nice brief recap for heat wave uh this episode is aptly named heat wave because it's december and i guess roswell new mexico is going through a heat wave it's like 102 degrees and for some reason everyone is pairing up in the school because of the heat wave i guess uh i would always think that if it was hot you wouldn't want bodies next to you but that's just me yeah yeah so so the title's two things in one there's an emotional heat wave sweeping the town as well as a weather one <laughs> it's true um and we are still dealing with the fallout of the previous episode where alex is very hurt that liz did not tell him what she needed his blood for 
and everyone is still nervous that Alex is going to go to the sheriff and tell Valenti what's going on. So this episode starts out, Meg was convinced this was a dream. She was convinced the opening part was a dream, and I feel like you were kind of upset that it wasn't a dream. Well, I mean, like, the soft lighting and just, like, the way everyone was sort of drifting around and that there was no dialogue, I felt that the cinematography setup was very similar to how they've shown dreams in the past. And, in fact, how they show a dream in this very episode. So Meg felt like she was lied to from the get-go. Uh, no, I felt like there are inconsistencies and I didn't know if it was a dream or if it was real until the credits played. So what happens is Maria is all by herself in the Crashdown Cafe cleaning up. We can obviously tell it's hot. She's sweating. Um, she is sweeping the floor and it is kind of this very dreamlike ethereal um, scene going on. And then we have Liz upstairs because she lives above the Crashdown Cafe She's eating donuts, which now I'm hungry for donuts. That's all I want right now is one of those donuts. And I'm really mad that I don't have them right And they now. looked so good. Like, so good. Perfect amount of frosting. Ugh, I wish I could. Ha- I might I might get donuts today. <laughs> <laughs> Send me some. Um, well, to polish off this perfect treat, Liz goes to the refrigerator. And who hasn't been here? She pulls out the milk and... I'm not kidding, you guys. There's, like, enough for half a sip in the bottom. Who puts the milk carton back like that? Why can't you just finish it off when it's at that point? Right? Like, there's there's not even enough to cover the bottom of the milk. Like, it's, it's a glass jar. There's not even enough to cover the bottom of the jar. That's Very one of the reasons why I thought it might be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes downstairs... To get milk from the cafe, which I guess is not stealing because her family owns it. Yeah, I mean, Um, the same money that buys the milk for their house buys the milk for the cafe, right? Right. Right. (laughs) And she sees Maria and Michael, because Maria has let Michael into the Crashtown Cafe, and they're going at it. Hammer and tongs. Hem, hem, hem. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz sits and watches. <laughs> okay. Um. So this episode brought back a lot of high school, college feelings for me. And there was one time where I went on a trip out of town with some friends. And we were all sleeping in somebody's living room. And two of my friends were dating very intensely at the time. They would go on a few months later to get engaged. So, yeah, we're all watching a movie together. The movie ends. And the two of them are just talking to each other. And I'm just lying them in the, in the dark trying to fall asleep. And they start talking about more and more personal things. And I'm still awake. And it gets to the point where they're like, Megan, are you... Um, and I'm like, okay, Meg, you have two choices. Be honest or pretend like you haven't been listening to them. So I pretended to be asleep. And that was the wrong choice. Because <laughs> oh, no. I was on the little love seat and one of my friends was on the couch and the other one was on the floor. And when they checked that I was asleep, they both moved on to the floor and began to quietly let's say interact with each other oh my goodness megan 
It wasn't, it was just making out. They weren't, they weren't having sex. They were just making out. But still, I'm, so I was, when Liz was just like creeping behind the counter and watching her friends make out, I'm like, I've been there. It's never fun. It's never fun. (laughs) Meg, are you awake? We're going to get a couple tangents like this from me in this episode. So buckle in, everyone. All right. Um, Well, Whatever has overtaken Michael and Maria has spread to the whole school. And I will say this. It's not magical uh, in any... There's not like a magical whammy over everybody, which I thought that that is what was going on. Do you know what? Initially, Emily, I agree with you. I thought that might have been the case at the start as well, because I'm like, oh... Our alien characters are feeling these intense feelings. It's possible that it's spreading to people. But that was not the case. It's just normal teenage hormones. It's not only limited to teenagers, though, is it? Oh, my gosh. I forgot. (laughs) Two of the teachers are flirting. (laughs) Teachers are flirting. Um, Some other characters we're going to run into later are flirting as well that you would not expect. Um, more inappropriate moments, of course, from our local sheriff. Our local worst man on the force, the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question. Okay. Has the level of couples actually gone up in the heat wave? Or is Liz hypersensitive to this because she wants to be kissing someone and she can't? So now she's hyper aware of everyone else who gets to kiss and they're not her. That's true. I guess when you are, it's like, okay, there's this weird phenomenon and I think there's a name for it, but I don't know what it is. But like when you're looking for a car and you start doing research and you've picked out the car you want, you will start seeing that car more and more and more. They're not popping up more. It's just you're noticing it more and more. And so, like, do that. Try an experiment. Pick a make and a model and even a color if you want. And you're just going to start noticing them. And it's going to look like it's an invasion of this specific car. It's not. You're just noticing it more. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't help Liz that um, her ex-boyfriend Kyle has found someone. Someone very tall. But nice. Sorry. that She's very nice. I I realize the way I said it indicates that maybe not all tall people are nice. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what I meant. I mean, like, the way this actress is styled makes her look like she could be a mean girl. She's styled very much like Isabel. But she's nice when Liz runs into them in the hall. She's like, oh my gosh, Liz, how are you? And Liz is clearly sad and uncomfortable. And then the uh, girl invites her to this legendary party at the, drumroll please, Old Soap Factory. We're going we're gonna to hear about the old soap factory so much. Love it. Alex is getting grilled by the sheriff, but thankfully there is another adult in the room at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sheriff Valenti is grilling him about the dearest appearance of Miss Topolsky. I was right. Apparently she just turned her back on the school. <laughs> Once her cover was found out, she threw a temper tantrum and never came back. Did she even take her computer? I don't... I think so. Yeah, I think it was like a laptop-style thing that she she closed down. 
Because I feel like that would kind of give it away if she hadn't left it behind. Uh, or if she did leave it behind. So, okay, she took it. But Alex is just, she he's sticking to the story at least. Just saying like, no, we went in and I talked to her about my schedule and that was it. And he is not giving anything to the sheriff who is very frustrated. Uh, Alex is the best. Alex should have been on our team just weeks ago. I question his fashion taste. It was it was the early 2000s. We all dressed like that. <laughs> He's wearing these giant cargo shorts that are shin length and very tall socks. So he has about like six inches of skin showing between his uh, shorts and his socks. And I just like that's what people wore when I was in high school. And it just makes me laugh. But yeah, Liz is worried about Alex, obviously. She's also a little distracted because she really wants to be kissing Max. And so she kind of brings up the fact that, oh, have you noticed anything about Maria and Michael? And Max is immediately, what? What's going on? What is it? And she's like, nothing, nothing. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny, ha ha ha, if they got together? And Max shuts that down hard. He's like, no, it would be awful. It would be terrible. And Liz is so disappointed, but she keeps a very brave face on both of these poor kids are projecting their own problems onto Michael and Maria so hard. Mm-hmm. Because Megan, you pointed this out earlier. Because this is a theme through the whole the whole episode where Max and Liz are not kissing, are not doing anything, are not a couple, and there's nothing stopping them from doing it but themselves. There's literally nothing stopping them. <laughs> Meg, you'd pointed out that um, I think that Max and, and Liz feel that since they are being noble, everyone else should be noble. They have control issues. Yeah. Which I find really fascinating because, again, I really like the characterization they've done for Liz because she is a scientist. She is wanting to be, was it a marine biologist or or a, she wants to be a scientist. I can't remember exactly. She said what kind the writers every so often will pop up phrases or things that remind us of how much of a scientist Liz is where Isabel at one point asks have you been researching me or Liz will kind of throw out a a form of I don't know like hypothesizing or whatever just really I don't know I think they do a really good job without beating us over the head Mm -hmm. that hey Liz is a scientist she's very logical that sort of thing and so I think I really like that, like, with emotions, she's a little thrown off because you can't really categorize it. Yeah. It's, listen, it's hard to be a teen. It's hard to be a teen and feel everything that you feel. Or it's also hard to be a teen who doesn't feel the way everyone around you does. And just, Mm -hmm. we're all so hard on ourselves that we don't deserve it. Sorry, kids. (laughs) Oh, we meet a new character in this episode. Uh, Maria's mother. She shows up all mad because she is apparently supposed to meet Ms. Topolsky here, who's not there anymore. Uh, The sheriff just happens to be there, and we immediately understand that there is some backstory between these two characters. Because because Ms. Topolsky has skipped to town, the sheriff needs a new vaguely inappropriate love interest. (laughs) (laughs) And that now falls to Maria's mom. Congratulations. Congratulations. I love there's there's some antagonistic uh vibes going on between them and uh the 
the sheriff at one point though throws up because i think he's taken aback by her showing up and she's kind of complaining like hey i scheduled time out of my busy day to come here and he throws in well as a single parent myself i know how hard that can be like he's trying to put himself on her level like I can't wait for Maria and Kyle to become awkward siblings. <laughs> Maria's mom and the sheriff is a thing we are gonna, that's gonna be back in other episodes. I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> because we find out later on, she uh, she's at the, she, she's at the Crashdown Cafe kind of selling her wares because she does like, you know, we know that she sells alien keychains and all of these things and she's she's kind of peddling her alien wares to liz's dad who comes in which i think he's super sweet and is kind of a dork um but we learned that um the sheriff met her back when she was 18 i don't know how much of an age difference there is between them i'm terrible at knowing people's ages and i've had several people like i don't know why people want to be like guess how old i am i don't want to do that i don't want to be wrong or right i just i don't want to know it's like i don't know anyways so we find out that the sheriff met her uh amy deluca when she was 18 at a protest and he tells her because she's like why did you pick on me like why and he's like because i thought you were cute Yeah, okay, which, like, is supposed to sound adorable, and it's horrifying. Why did you arrest me? Uh, Because of your cute short skirt and cowboy boots is literally what he says to her. And I'm just, like, inappropriate. She was the only person arrested at that protest. There were two dozen people there, and he just arrested her because he thought she was cute and he wanted to talk to her. And I'm like, buddy... No. 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 But she is a little flattered, and they do agree later to go on a date. (sighs) Although, this foreshadows that the sheriff picks and chooses who he arrests based on his personal feelings and not about justice. That's not fair. We haven't seen anything that supports (laughs) that through the entire show. Ugh. He's so awful. I actually, I I thought he and Mr. Polsky were such a good match because they both have such gross misappropriation of justice ideas. I really, so listen, I really love hearing your unbiased thoughts about everybody because I just love it. It's so great. <laughs> so that's kind of like plot line B, I guess it's going on, but we're still worried about Alex. And uh, we have a nice little moment of Liz and Isabel where they're um, together outside painting their nails. And it looks like they're becoming friends, which we haven't really seen them interact except, I guess, when they were on the road trip. But yeah. and Isabel's sort of warming up to her. But it kind of feels like Liz and Isabel are getting to be friends, which, listen, if you're dating somebody... Being friends with their siblings really, really helps out your case. Yeah. Although, if you are really close with someone's family and you end up not dating them, that gets awkward. That also gets awkward and can backfire. Like, so guess what? Do whatever you want. <laughs> it's sometimes you have to like break up with the person you love. You have to break up with their family too. And it's really sad. 
<laughs> One of my not quite exes. I was so close with his family that I got invited to his wedding to babysit his niece and nephews. Like, that's why I was there. Oh, so awkward. So awkward. <laughs> okay, back to podcasting. So, either be friends with the family or don't. You decide what your heart can handle, okay, people? So, Liz and Isabel are becoming friends, and we get to see a little molecular magic. We get to see some alien powers this uh, time around, where Liz is painting her toenails with clear nail polish, which, you know, that's fine. A little yeah, boring. Just, Sorry, just that clear. sounds real judgy. Maybe maybe that's, like, all she had. But, yeah, I, I <laughs> so when this happened in the episode, I was like, is she just using clear nail polish and then isabel reaches over and like emily said molecular magic and she she points to well she touches a little flower on liz's flip-flop and then she touches liz's um bottle of nail polish and she changes the color which is cute it is very cute and then meg goes someone just needs to date isabel (laughs) and then in my mind i'm like hmm but not Alex. But I didn't say that out loud because I'm like, stop being salty and just enjoy the television show. Well, Meg, what happened? Uh, what happened with Alex and uh, Isabel? So Liz confides to Isabel while they're toenail painting that she's worried about Alex and what's going on inside of Alex. And Isabel's like, well, I could figure out what that is. And I'm like, oh, is she going to dream walk again? And then we cut to she's touching his picture in the yearbook. And I'm like, she's going to dream walk again. And she dream walks in Alex's mind. Well, first though, we see this picture of Alex and Colin Hanks cuddled up in his tank top and shorts. Because, you know, it's hot. It's been in a heat wave. And he's like giddy. He's got the biggest smile on his face as he's hugging his pillow. And I'm like, that's a strange dream face. And (laughs) Isabel walks into his dream. And he's having a fantasy dream about her about inviting her to dance, about setting up this extravagant dinner with three crystal goblets per person. And this random girl shows up with uh, black hair with dyed streaks in it. And I'm like, who's this character? And she grabs the CD out of the guy's hand and says, we'll take it from here. And I'm like, oh, she must be a musician, a famous musician from this time period that I don't know. I'm trying to look it up. I cannot find out who it is. I'm so sorry. It's like, you know, in Buffy, um, they would bring in different bands or Charmed. It was kind of a WB thing, which was the station at the time where they'd bring in like real life bands to play songs and stuff. I cannot find the name of this band. And I'm, I've looked, but I cannot find who it is. Well, this dream is about Isabel. And I want to... I want to real fast jump back to the conversation Liz and Isabel are having with her painting their toenails because Liz is asking her about romance stuff and about how like Isabel you've got guys chasing you all the time why have you never taken it further are are you afraid of like what that'll mean alien styles and Isabel's like no I'm just I'm I'm she's basically afraid of showing her true self to anyone and in this dream uh, Alex is incredibly suave and he's telling Dream Isabel, who's like in this fancy red dress and her hair's all down and curly and stuff, that he's like, 
I know who's someone who's so beautiful on the outside must be even more beautiful on the inside. And you can tell me anything. And I, okay. So we're talking about Midnight Sun now. Get ready. (laughs) Edward Cullen hates every single human woman around him because they just look at him and think about how hot he is all the time. And he judges them for it so hard. He's so rude about everyone. (laughs) And the reason why this is so funny to me is he is head over heels infatuated with Bella because he can't hear what she's thinking. But we've read Twilight and we know she's just thinking about how hot Edward Cullen is all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I know it's a fantasy series and it doesn't work like this. But I believe that the thoughts inside someone's head, sometimes they're deliberate and sometimes you just like, you look at a hot person and you're like, whoa, they're hot. And like what you think and what you do are two very important pieces of who you are. That like you can have intrusive thoughts and not do anything about them or work actively against them. And even though like your intrusive thoughts may be something really negative, so like not just like looking at somebody and admiring them, but like being envious of someone or being mad at someone, like you can have those thoughts. Like our our brains give us all this input all the time. And the true definition of a person is like what you do with your thoughts and how you treat the people around you, despite what you think of them. And and now I've gone very far off on this tangent, but I think it's very rude to creep on people's interior thoughts and make judgment calls on who they are based on what you see of their inner thoughts, especially if they don't know that they're being surveilled by you magically. <laughs> um, this is all to say, I would be very creeped out if I watched someone having a dream about me that I've never interacted with and listening to the weird conversation that they're having with an imaginary version of myself. Cause I'm like, that's not me. I wouldn't sound like that. (laughs) Well, because I mean, listen, I dreamed last night that I was rebuilding Hogwarts. Like if someone were to like dream walk in my brain, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what that's about. Like, yeah. Just what dumb. did I dream about last night? I don't know if it, I know what I'm going to dream about tonight, and it's those donuts that Liz was eating at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. Um, yeah, and I feel like as a teenager, they may not understand that sort of thing because uh, Isabel kind of uses this to spy on people. I mean, mm-hmm. we find she did this to Maria in an earlier episode where she thinks. In her subconscious, Isabel can see that she thinks the aliens are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, in real life, quote unquote, she that's exactly what, you know, she's afraid of them. But I don't know. I don't know. Also, also, um, I as a teen, and even I as a current person, write very elaborate scenarios in my head with people I know, both positive and negative. These are for my own uh, amusement and or vindication and (laughs) they're not things I would act on in real life anyway I just I felt I I know it's to progress the plot forward and we need to have a fast forward to 
Anyway, Isabel and Alex are going to date now. (laughs) (laughs) Because she is a little flustered by what she saw. Like, Max is trying to find out exactly what she saw, but she doesn't want to say. And she keeps skirting the question by saying, well, I'm walking around in someone's subconscious. It's not exactly like a hard and fast science. But she is a little flustered. But she acts on that and she gets Alex to come to the dance at the old soap factory. The old soap factory. Ye old soap factory. Knowing that he will come if she asks because she has yes. insider information that he doesn't know about. And this dance, this 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 old soap factory. Oh my um, gosh. Like I I people are like a party at the factory and I'm like I don't know exactly what I was picturing. You know, I was picturing something like a the bonfire from the vampire diaries where like Mm-hmm. We're still in like our school clothes and there may be, you know, underage drinking music. This party has some serious production design behind it. You were disappointed though. You did tell me you were disappointed that you thought it was, they were holding it in a soap factory <laughs> and you thought there would be bubbles. <laughs> I was hoping there would be bubbles or like <laughs> foam or like a slip and slide. I mean... They could have picked any kind of old factory. And they said soap factory. And I'm sad soap didn't factor into the soap factory (laughs) faction. (laughs) I I do wish there had been bubbles. But yeah, everyone's in like semi-formal attire. There are glow sticks. There are people spinning weird javelin things around. This group of very particular people show up. Ruffians. (laughs) hooligans let's say we'll call them the hooligans and like the way they look and the way they carry themselves they didn't just seem to be extras they seem to be like important like significant characters you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and they show up with like all of this stuff for the party at the old soap factory they're rewiring stuff they are handing out bottles of booze like Anyways, they're they've they've brought in like all this extra equipment and just wow. Oh, um, there's a there's a subplot we haven't talked about much, and that's Michael and Maria are each confiding to to Liz and to Max separately. I mean, guess who's talking to who? Um, about how they're feeling about this, and Maria wants it to be more serious than Michael wants. Oh, also Emily. We didn't talk about the slug mating scene. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, guys, we're flashing back real fast, real fast. Okay, listen, I understand that all schools are different and all curriculums are different, but Liz is sitting in science class all by herself. I don't know if this is extra credit or what, but she's trying to get two slugs to mate. Big slugs, too, like banana slugs. Like, okay, did anyone else's school have them do that? I want to know if this is specifically written into this episode or if that is something that, like, schools had to do. Like, listen, I did the dissection thing, you know, we did science fair projects and all this stuff, but I've never heard of that particular thing being a curriculum. Yeah, so she's got these two giant slugs and some grass in a dish, and she's poking them with sticks. Max comes in, and they talk about Liz and Maria. No, 
they talk about Michael and Maria. There we go. And I get, I get like why it's happening because you want to have your characters doing something fun and doing something interesting while they're talking to each other. Because, you know, we can only really have so many walking down the halls between classes or meeting at our lockers or in the case of Michael and Max chatting over the urinals. <laughs> so they've chatted over the urinals a couple times this episode and there's a scene where um, Max walks into the bathroom and Michael's just like sitting there curled up on the counter. And Emily, you were like, is this just his favorite place to hang out? <laughs> Because that's where he and uh, Max meet up several times. Yeah. Either by coincidence or accident. I don't know. So there's a running bit through this episode that, you know, everybody's macking on each other all the time. And every time Liz and Max get even close, someone interrupts them. And Mm -hmm. one of the funniest, most on-the-nose interruptions happens during this scene where Liz is trying to get her slugs to mate because there's a moment where they're leaning in they're both going for it they're looking at each other's mouths a kiss is on the horizon and then a teacher just pokes her head in and says hey Liz how's the mating ritual going <laughs> and they pull apart from each other and give each other awkward looks and Liz is like oh um Uh, it's okay. And I'm like, they just wanted an excuse for a teacher to ask these kids about a mating ritual. (laughs) Um, Real quick story about science class and dissections and things like that. One of my really good friends was telling me um, she was so nervous about this whole dissection thing and they were slated to dissect, I think it was like squid or something, some like cephalopod sort of a thing. And she had just been dreading it all week and she just did not want to do this. And so the day comes and everything's all set up and the teacher's getting ready to hand this out. And I guess it gets shipped to them frozen or something like that, just preserved somehow. And the teacher is going into the back and getting it. And he says, okay, now when I give you your thing, your item, um, make sure you whack it on the desk real hard a couple times because um, when they ship to us, sometimes they wake up when they're frozen, when they start to thaw. No! she just screamed, they're still alive! (laughs) Not realizing it was a joke. And she's like, I just about left because she was so on edge about it anyway. Oh no, that's so sad. But, you know, obviously they were they, they were all the way dead. She was just very worked up about it and was not thinking straight that the mm-hmm. teacher would be teasing them. So I did frog dissection in elementary school and I did squid in dissection. elementary school? Yeah, Mr. Merritt, he was the best. We got to dissect frogs in like the sixth grade. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> um, the squid stuff, we got them. They they weren't formaldehyde treated like like you said we got a bunch of them frozen from probably just like a fishery shop not that we have a lot of fishery shops in utah <laughs> but um as we dissected them there were a couple of things you could do for extra credit and one of them was to find the ink sack and use the the central hard basically quill from the the middle of the cephalopod and the ink sack to write your name And then another special credit thing we could do is cutting off a very particular piece of it, frying it up on a hot plate there in the classroom, and eating it. 
No! No! No, Megan, no! And of course, I got full marks. That's the kind of student I am. That's not true. I'm not a full marks student. But I am a I will eat things for extra credit student. No, 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 no. Oh, listen, I understand that science is some people's passion. It's not really mine. Um, so if it sounds like we're making fun of it, we're not. I'm just saying this is not my passion. It's not for me. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's just not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Flash forward to the soap factory. Everybody's there pairing up. Um, Michael and Maria kind of talk about their relationship. And Michael's just like, I, I'm not, you're too intense for me. And Maria storms off. She's really sad about it. Yeah, I think they kind of break up here. I'm not entirely sure, though. It's a little unclear. <laughs> because here's the thing. I was really, listen, I love this show. Any criticisms come from a place of love. I really love this show. That is not where my criticisms come from. <laughs> <laughs> Max and Liz kind of are acting like the police over everyone's love life, telling them to be careful or remember we can't do this. And I think Max got into Michael's head a little bit mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. this thing because all through the thing, you know, Max doesn't say it, but he's kind of like, well, I'm not doing anything with Liz, so why are you doing this with Maria sort of a thing? Yeah. And again, the only people keeping themselves from being together and being happy are Max and Liz themselves. Yep. There's literally no reason for them not to date. I mean, there's literally no reason. The FBI is gone. Kyle has a new girlfriend. And I'm and I mean like, why can't they date? <laughs> it's too dangerous. It's I too dangerous, I've, Megan. I don't think I've been on board with this plan since the beginning, but now I'm trying to remember what their specific justifications were for no dating. I think they didn't want to draw attention to themselves because but I mean, of like, all the drama. The sheriff 100% has connected them to each other. Like, right. It's, it's, it's sort of like in Animorphs where they act all through the series like they don't know each other. But I mean, it's absolutely reasonable for them to hang out because Rachel and Jake are cousins. And so, like, Jake and Cassie are like, we can't date. They can't know we're connected. And I'm like, she's best friends with your cousin. You can hang out in public. It's okay. I Plus, agree. Everyone I agree thinks with there's, you. everyone thinks there's six Andalite bandits, but only four of you are humans going to school. So they're not going to connect the four humans with the six Andalite bandits. There's just no way. Sorry, Tobias. <laughs> Sorry, Axe. You're not part of this. <laughs> so we've got Maria and Michael who have maybe broken up. And then we have Liz and Max, who are getting closer and closer and closer, and will they, won't they sort of a thing again. And then we've got Isabel and Alex. And Alex has shown up, and he's found Isabel, and Isabel's like, hey, can we go somewhere and talk? And you can tell he is just like, yes, I would, I would love that, because he, I love Alex. He's such a gentleman, because he... Listen, the boys in this show are emotionally intelligent. And I really love that. I really love how they're emotionally intelligent because Alex goes to Isabel and says, so did you ask me to be here together or did you just ask to see if 
we would to let me know about it because either one would be great you know he's just can we rewind to another uh, story about my tragic romantic past yes it can stay here but um you reminded me of because isabel asks alex if he's interested in going to the party at the old soap factory and he's like uh oh whoa like together and then i started laughing because the first guy who went out okay so this, this is a weird way to phrase it. He's not the first guy I ever asked out on a date, but he was the very first guy that agreed to go on a date with me because I had asked out six other guys before this one. And the first one had said yes. This was for a school dance. The first one had said yes, and I was so excited. And then it turns out he said yes to someone else, and I was like, dude, what? And he says, oh, I thought you were kidding. I was playing along. Oh. because he didn't he's like i didn't think you were 16 yet because i think like we've mentioned before on one of our podcasts that like where we grew up you don't date until you're 16 and so i asked five other guys but they all either had dates or were planning to go with someone else so like the sixth or seventh guy i asked i was just like hey are you interested in going to the sadie hawkins dance and he says, yeah, I'm interested. And my face just lit up. And then he said, wait, with you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, And I, no. I did a very good conceal it, don't feel it. I, like, kept my act together. And I was like, yeah, yeah, with me. We could go together. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. But joke's on him because that was the date where I threw up three times. So who won at the end of the day? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody won. Guys. Oh, dear. Romantically, high school for me was bad. But like friendship-wise and, and having fun-wise, high school was good. But romantically, it was just bad from start to finish. You and your delicate stomach. Listen, guys, we're not going to go into all the details, but in our family, Meg is just known um, as the one with the motion sickness and the delicate stomach. Okay, so listen, I've got such a better handle on that these days. It turns out I vomit (laughs) under extreme stress, and I've figured that out, and I know what to eat to make my tummy feel okay, and the last time I got motion sick was just because of... Some VR goggles that didn't agree with me. But other than that, I'm fine. (laughs) Okay, also, so she's known for this in our family. Guess who forgot about that and got her VR goggles for Christmas? (laughs) Yeah, the VR goggles were a very thoughtful Christmas present from Emily. (laughs) And then she couldn't use them. I got so sick. I had to go lie down for like five hours. (laughs) Listen, uh, the the world is not built for any one human, and we all adapt as best we can. I know my issues, and I can deal with it. I'm going to be better about this, I promise. I'm going to be more thoughtful of you. Well, I mean, I've played VR before. I think it was just like, I couldn't wear my glasses, and it was on a phone. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I got her a different present after that. You did, and I've used it like a million times. So, 
I used it when I got sick last week. (laughs) (laughs) Not motion sick. Something else. It was something heinous. You guys, I was so sick all last week. It was real bad. A lot of me lying on the couch drinking Gatorade. Not COVID, though. (laughs) Different symptoms. Different situation. Okay, back to the old soap factory. (laughs) (laughs) Old soap factory. Um... As we're watching this next scene, I could tell Meg was a little uncomfortable because she and I, neither of us really like watching stuff with, I guess, embarrassment and conflict that way. Tell me if I'm wrong, Megan. Well, it was, it was, it was, um, this is the Alex and Isabel scene. Yes. I knew that they couldn't just let them be happy right away. And so we go into this scene and I know that he's going to assume she's doing this because of Liz. And I knew he was going to get mad at her and storm away. And I just didn't want to watch beautiful, dear Catherine Heigl, Isabel go through that. Yeah, she was just like, no, Megan. Or she's just like, no, Ugh. Alex, no, Isabel, no. <laughs> and listen, Isabel could have been a lot subtler, okay? Because she yeah. basically comes out and says like, well, you know... We're all friends and, and base anyway, she's just like, ugh, I don't know. Isabel didn't handle it well. I don't think she's ever really been in a position where she's had, she's usually, okay, this, this might be unfair, but I feel like she's usually in the position where she can just bat her eyes and the, the guys, the guys, whoever she's dealing with just kind of like get heart eyes and, and just kind of forget what they're doing sort of a thing, you know, but she's dealing with Alex, who is a very smart individual and like just because he's there having basically his fantasy play out it's not he's not going to be fooled for long if if you know this isn't the real thing so alex knows that there is a very real line between what you imagine in your head and what happens in your real life and he knows there's a bunch of steps that you take first one is just talking and getting to know someone before you do the dramatic, huge, romantic grand gesture. I think Alex gets that. You know, he's Alex and I'm going to say myself. <laughs> know that we're not the sort of people that do big, beautiful, romantic main character fall in love scenes instantly. Like some other people we could mention. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he's definitely weirded out because... Isabel's like, oh, he wants this fantasy? Yeah, um, yeah, let's just do the fantasy part right away. And Alex is like, hang on, I don't even know what your favorite kind of soup is or something. Sorry, that's <laughs> that's not from this show. That's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <gasps> I can't marry her. I don't know what her favorite kind of soup is. No one likes soup. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Alex is weirded out by how quickly Isabel is jumping into this. Because he doesn't know that she read his mind. He just assumes that, oh, she is, like you said, Emily, she's just trying to bat her eyelashes and solve a problem. This is why communication is important. And also not Mm -hmm. magically reading other people's (laughs) thoughts. (laughs) So he leaves, obviously, very upset. And we we pan over and see that there is going to be some issue soon because like i said those hooligans that showed up earlier rewired the 
the old soap factory, I think they've got like all these giant speakers and all these things. So there are literal sparks flying, which starts a fire, which then brings the sheriff and everyone to town. Okay. Was there actually a fire? I don't think there was. I think there was just a lot of smoke. Yeah, I just so saw I don't know. a lot of sparks. I feel like they spent a lot of their money on this party, production-wise, and there wasn't actually any fire. I don't know why the fire department showed up. <laughs> the way that the sheriff finds out and where he is and who he's with, when he finds out that there's a party going down at the old soap factory. He is on a date. <laughs> He's taking Maria's mom out to drinks at a very strangely themed restaurant. Emily, you want to talk about that? So when when it first pans over, there are like Chinese lanterns and there's like a Chinese medallion on the wall and everything is set up to be a Chinese themed restaurant. But the servers are in Mexican attire and serving margaritas. So I don't know. If this is a Chinese and Mexican restaurant that are just like sharing the same space or if it's just a small town, I, I don't know. I was very confused because listen, I went to school in a small town and there are weird stores in small towns that you're not going to find anywhere else. And I could completely believe that they had a Chinese slash Mexican themed restaurant in one building. Mm-hmm. It was just so odd. It's so odd to me, though. I was very distracted for most of the scene trying to figure out if it was supposed to be Chinese or Mexican. Although I think Mexican-style fast food and Chinese-style fast food would be an amazing fusion. I would eat that. Oh, yeah. I'd eat that. I'd eat there. I'm just saying I was confused. I don't know what they were going for here. <laughs> I'd eat there. I just need to know what I was in for before I went. <laughs> Let's see. We find out the name of... Kyle's mom, which was Michelle. Don't know if that's important, but we do find that out here. But Amy DeLuca and uh, Sheriff Valenti are bonding over kid troubles. And how hard it is to be a single parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sheriff... Okay, so also what happens is um, Amy mentions that Liz, Maria, and Alex used to be very close, but in the last few months... Maria hasn't spoken to Alex, hasn't gone to see him, uh, won't talk to her mom about why. And, of course, Sheriff is suspicious. <laughs> and But at that moment, before you can ask too many more questions, he's told something's going down at the soap factory and he needs to get down there right away. So he has to leave her in the middle of a restaurant alone. And it's just, it's a little sad. I can, she doesn't, she seems like, she's like, okay, you have to go, but I think she's also a little sad. Okay, Emily, the way that live action TV, for a a show like this with so many episodes, um, Mm -hmm. the way that it works is you don't have the whole season written before you start production. Your writer's room, and I'm not saying that the writer's room is finishing only days ahead of production, because you do have time, you need time to like location scout and fabricate if you need like new costumes and things like that. Um, but live action TV, uh, is written in such a way that it can be reactionary to where, like, you can see what the viewing numbers are and what the reviews are for certain episodes earlier on in the season, and you're able to write 
new storylines and like adapt as you go based on network, audience, or even like inside the writer's room feedback. And I feel like this sudden hard turn into a romance with Maria's mom is a reactionary turn to something. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if like Julie Benz is gone for good, that like her guest star role ended, but they wanted someone to be with the sheriff or that... Because I know Richard Schiff was getting ready to film The West Wing around this time. Because this first season and the first season of The West Wing were pretty close to each other. Would this be the time period where Julie Benz was on Buffy or Angel? It could be. It was 1999, so possibly. Okay. Anyway, it just, it, it seemed weird to me that he was having a weird emotional connection with, uh, with Miss Sapolsky. And then she vanishes, and he instantly has a weird emotional connection with Maria's mom. And so (laughs) I'm interested to see how this storyline plays out. It'll be fun to see see where this goes, because Mm -hmm. I know where this goes. But I'm not telling you, because where's the fun in that? See, do you know? (laughs) Because you didn't even remember this episode when we started. (laughs) (laughs) I remembered some of it. But we haven't got to the part that I remember yet. Um, Ominous. So... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, um, like the sheriff, like his dad, Kyle is also has brought his date out here, and they are uh, getting a little hot and heavy. Uh, Liz and Max run into them. Uh, Kyle and Vicky are in the back of uh, Kyle's pickup truck, and she's shirtless. <laughs> pickup in every sense of the word. Get it? He picked up Vicky. Just kidding. I think they're going to have fun together. And I hope Kyle has a girlfriend that actually <laughs> likes him this time. <laughs> um, but they have to duck down and hide because all of a sudden flashing red and blue lights come in and the fire department is there. And Max says, we got to get out of here. But he and Liz run straight back into the old soap factory <laughs> to save their friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Liz and Max say... Let's get out of here. And they go back into the party. With like the with the authority figures like right on their right on their heels. Like they go in there into the fire department. (laughs) (laughs) And they're able to find everyone and they're gonna get them out, except um the hooligans are also fleeing the premises. And they run up to Liz and Alex and say, here, hold this for us really quick. And it's bottles of whiskey. Jack Daniels. Which then promptly, Jack Daniels, which then promptly gets Liz and Alex arrested by the sheriff for possession of alcohol as minors. The sheriff watches the hooligans hand them the booze. And then the sheriff steps up. And instead of going after the hooligan... He's like, all right, Liz and Alex, you're arrested because I'm the sheriff and I'm known to just pick whoever I want to arrest at a crime scene, no matter how actually guilty they are. He's horrible. He's trying to keep Roswell safe from from hooligans and aliens, Megan. Ugh. Listen, the aliens are not your issue. Hooligans, however, are an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Good boy and good girl. Alex and Liz are in jail. And Alex is losing it. (laughs) He is so 
angry, which I don't blame him. Listen, if I had been arrested as a teen in high school, I would not be handling it as well as these two. What would you have been wrongfully arrested for in high school, do you think? If if this sheriff was your sheriff, what would he have wrongfully arrested you for? Oh, man. I don't... I'm trying to think what, what he could do or twist to arrest me. And I'm getting the cold sweats thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so I would not be in a sci-fi show. I would be in a fantasy show like Buffy. And he would arrest me for Buffy-esque shenanigans. Uh, yes, I would have been assumed a hooligan. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of hooligans, they get let out of jail, but because their parents come bail them out. Mm -hmm. And, oh my gosh. Okay, so, so the hooligans are very drunk. And so it's like they're all in the drunk tank together where all of the boys are in one cell. And then Liz is in the cell right next to them. But it's, it's the kind where you can talk to each other through the bars. And Alex is, of course, freaking out that he's been arrested. And the hooligans are like, it's all right. Your parents will come to bail you out. No problem. That's what always happens. So clearly, this is not the hooligans' first rodeo. Right. But um, the parents come to bail out the hooligans. And then the sheriff tells Liz and Alex that their parents think it's a good idea for their kids to be in jail for a while and learn their lesson. And I'm like, oh, he did not even call them. I'm with you. I don't think he did. I th- I don't think he did. There is no way that Alex being the sort of kid he is. Have we met? Have we ever seen Alex's parents in any no, context? I don't, I don't believe we have. Okay. Well, I, if, if, Alex is any, because we know Liz is very different from her parents, mm-hmm. which like I could, I could buy that. But um, if Alex is anything like his parents, given uh, his little speech that he'll give to the sheriff in a minute, they would not have left their son in jail to learn a lesson. They would have like done their own kind of discipline. Do you think mom and dad would have left us in jail to learn our lesson? I don't know. I would hope not. <laughs> Again, I'm having cold sweats thinking about being arrested. (laughs) Sorry. What's the most you ever got in trouble at home? Oh, most I ever got in trouble. Okay, this isn't going to sound dumb, you guys. I I apologize in advance, but um, we had a very strict piano teacher, and I was supposed to be prepping for... I was supposed to be prepping for a piano competition, um, but my school was having a big uh, concert, and it was the end of the year big deal concert, and I'd been chosen to accompany the concerto on the piano. So it was a cello concerto. I was going to do the piano, and so I was practicing for this concert instead of instead of the piano competition. And our piano teacher got so mad. I think she like called mom and like was like it. If Emily's not going to be invested in this, I'm not going to teach her piano. Or Like, it was it was very... Anyways, this sounds silly, you guys, but it was very intense. This is probably the worst fight I've ever had with my mom. And we were, like, yelling at each other. And I'm just like, this is what's important to me is this concerto. And she's like, well, you can practice only after you practice your regular piano for two hours. And I was like, fine. So I was practicing piano for like four hours a day and trying to do schoolwork. And I quit piano shortly after because 
I didn't need that kind of stress in my life. So I got grounded from using the microwave once. <laughs> you did? <laughs> Why? We're very different. Okay, so the most I got in trouble with mom was the microwave thing. The most I got in trouble with dad is a much more typical, we'll circle back to the microwave, but um, biggest trouble I definitely ever got in was when I wrecked the family car. And it still drives. So I drove it home. I was too scared to call dad. He was at the fair with you and Lauren. And I was like, I'll tell him when he gets home. And I remember sitting with mom and like just getting ready to do it. But um, I didn't quite put two and two together because obviously dad would have to park in the garage (laughs) and see the wrecked van before he came inside. So he was already steaming mad when he came into the house <laughs> oh, and he's like you should have called me and i was <laughs> so anyway um i got grounded from using the microwave because uh this was in the f- fourth third or fourth grade um and i would have like 45 minutes to myself right when i got home and i kept trying to make popcorn but i wanted to pop it the exact perfect amount so there wouldn't be any leftover kernels uh, which means that I burnt popcorn like three days in a row. <laughs> and mom was sick of coming home to the house being completely full of smoke. Like the worst time, I walk over to the microwave and I can't even see anything inside it. And I'm like, oh, did I not put the bag in? And I open up the microwave and smoke just starts billowing out. Because <laughs> I burnt this bag of popcorn so badly, it just filled the whole thing with smoke. And I just dumped this charred ball of blackened popcorn in the snow in the backyard and buried it in the snow instead of throwing it away. Oh, goodness. Anyway, I got in big trouble with mom and I got rightfully grounded from the microwave. <laughs> Didn't you also set the couch on fire at one point? Uh, okay, listen. I set the couch about as much on fire as the old soap factory got set on fire. <laughs> there was smoke. Uh, there definitely was a melted, burned-looking patch on it because I was reading a book while I had a space heater set up a little too close. <sighs> so I did not set the couch on fire, but I did burn some of it. Oh, listen, just, we just had two very different childhoods, I guess. <laughs> we did, uh, but also speaking to your piano thing, mom and I could not agree on a piano teacher. I went through like 12 different piano teachers because the strict one you had, she grabbed my hands and reformed them on the piano once while I was playing. And afterwards I told mom, absolutely not. I'm not learning from her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we went through like, eight other teachers after that and I finally was like mom why do you want me to learn the piano she's like I want you to be able to play the you know the we have this green hymn book she's like I want you to be able to play through the whole green hymn book and I said if I can play through the whole hymn book can I stop taking piano and she said okay so I sat down on Sunday afternoon for like three hours five (laughs) hours and I played through every single song in the hymn book at least once and I'm like I did it I'm done with piano (laughs) but I still play and I still write music and then I I learned the piano yeah 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 it's kind of like riding a bike I love you mom (laughs) yes thanks for making us learn the piano (laughs) oh man so just to circle back around, I, I don't know if mom and dad would have bailed us out or would have left us in there. I don't, I, I don't know. I could see it going either way, honestly. 
I think today, absolutely not. I think in high school, yes, they would have. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, Megan's in jail out in California for owning too many cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So their quote-unquote parents have left them in jail. And Alex does not want to talk to Liz, does not want to have anything to do with her, nothing. Um, and, and she decides, okay, listen, you guys, listen. Max is like, Liz is our secret keeper. She'll never tell anybody. She's literally told every single human that knows it's because Liz has told them. Because she told Maria she wasn't supposed to. Um, she tells Alex here. She tells him wait, what's going wait, on. Wait, 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 what? Before they do. So uh-huh. they're having the argument leading up to it. And he's like, why can't you tell me? Why is this such a big secret? This is when I yell at the TV. Liz, just tell him it's not your secret to tell. And then Liz goes, it's not my secret to tell. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, sorry. Back to you. No, you're good. Um, and she does exactly what. Um, which I thought was really cute. This was actually the part I remember. I remember um, Liz being in jail and telling someone about the aliens and he's asking where they're from and she points up and he's like, Wyoming? And she points up higher and he's like, so they're Canadian. And the closest she can get him to understand is she kind of infers that they're illegal aliens and that if people knew about them, they would be in trouble. Yeah, so that 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 they've uh, they've illegally emigrated from like Canada. Yeah, but then he kind of realizes that she's actually talking about alien aliens because she's like, listen, they think they're here from the 1947 crash. So she completely tells the secret that she has been sworn <laughs> yep. not to. Doesn't even go with the convenient lie he has assumed. She's like, do you know what? We're going. We're going whole secret. <laughs> And, um, and she's like, you can't tell anybody. You can't tell anybody. And I'm like, Liz, you have told literally everybody. The only person she yeah. hasn't told is Kyle. <laughs> now, now, the only reason why it is actually okay for her to do this is Isabel and Max are in the car outside. And they actually, Isabel actually says, hey, we should tell Alex. So so the actual writing gives Liz a pass because um, clearly now it is okay for someone to, to tell Alex because the aliens have decided it's okay for Alex to know. Not that Liz has any way of realizing this. <laughs> but everyone's on the same page. Yeah, the writing gives her an out. Yeah. And this is where, because, like, we kind of know Alex is a good kid. We know that... You know, he and Liz and Maria have been friends forever. He's really good at hacking. He's very intelligent. But this is where I feel like he really comes into his own is when he stands up to the sheriff because the sheriff's like, come to my office and tell me everything. Because he thinks Alex is the weak link. He thinks he's going to get to everybody through Alex. And Alex has this amazing, amazing interaction with the sheriff where he's like, okay, yeah, let's talk about the fact that I'm a kid. I'm in high school. And because the t- the sheriff's been trying to get him to talk about Miss Topolsky leaving. 
and Alex is pointing out all the holes, all the logical holes in the sheriff's story. You know, he's like, uh, yeah. how would I have any influence on a teacher staying or leaving? And and he's just like you. He basically calls the sheriff out and is like, listen, you falsely arrested us. Yes, we were trespassing. Yes, we had alcohol in our hands, you know, but but everyone knows it was kind of it was a bad arrest like everybody does. And Alex puts the pieces together that this is something beyond the party and is like, if you do not let us out of here, I'm going to demand a lawyer and we're going to sue you for wrongful imprisonment and abuse of a minor. And I know my rights. Oh, it's so good. It's like all the stuff I've been screaming about the sheriff this whole time. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you cannot question a minor without an adult present. Yep. You can't do it. <laughs> yep. So we finally get a little bit of justice. A little bit of justice for this this whole thing. So after his big speech, they um, Liz and Alex leave the station together and they've reconciled their friendship, which I think has really been weighing heavily on Liz, um, that she didn't have Alex, like, on her side. And Alex is like, listen, I I know you believe that it's aliens, but I don't believe in aliens. And Liz was like, well, I didn't either. But they, you know, they hug and he goes on and, and their friendship is fixed. And I'm just so happy about that. So That is nice. Uh, we leave, we have a nice scene of Liz writing in her vampire diary. Oh, I'm sorry, her alien diary. <laughs> and Max, uh, she's on the roof of the crash down. And she's just thinking about Max and writing about Max and, hey, who should show up? But... Max. And she's writing in her, by the way, she's writing in her diary about like, we didn't give in temptation because who knows where it would have gone if we'd kissed. And, uh, you know, and she's just like writing about like, the heat wave didn't benefit me. And she's a little sad about it. But she's like, who knows where it would have gone. And that's when Max shows up. And he climbs up Ugh. to her rooftop. And uh, Megan, what happens? Um, they're like, why aren't we dating? no uh he's like i should leave because if i and she's like why and he's like if i don't then everything will change and she's like like what he's like well i'd touch your hair like this and i'd say how soft it is (laughs) and he touches her hair and and basically finally uh nine episodes into this they start to kiss yes and they and it's 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 just a little kiss at first, but then it goes like full slow motion and it's like soft crossfading between like all these angles and the episode ends with like a full 40 seconds of them smooching. It was glorious. It was glorious. And it was about darn time. And uh the that's uh that is the end of episode nine. Mm-hmm. We're nine episodes in. We are nine episodes in. And they finally kissed. So, Meg, what is there left finally to do? Kissed. Why Why would we even keep watching that if they've kissed? Well, we need to know if Mr. Polsky is coming back as a guest star. <laughs> also, I would like some answers. Oh, 
I think we talked about this last time that um, they never get answers for anything. That like they get knocked back to square one anytime they get any closer. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame. the next, it is a shame. I'm closing my Hulu down so I don't get spoilers on accident. But Emily, what's the next episode called? The next episode is called The Balance. Megan, what do you think is going to happen in The Balance? Um, I think Max and Liz are going to have to strike a delicate balance in their lives now that they are together, now that they are dating. And it might be hard to balance being a teen and being an alien. (laughs) Um... I think Maria and Michael are going to be sad. I think Isabel is going to be frosty when people ask her about Alex because she tried and failed. And the sheriff's going to be inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, New alien powers. What do you think uh, you'll see? There's no new powers. It's just this. It's just whatever they need the story to do and they just say it's the same powers we've always had you don't even have a guess okay okay uh they'll use their powers to make something weightless i like that weightless powers yeah for for balance oh well meg this has been super fun but i really have to get back to writing my book i have to get back to storyboarding and also maybe go grocery shopping (laughs) and get some donuts get some donuts (laughs) Well, I believe in you. I believe in you. Go forth and do your thing. Okay. And break. Break. Bye. <laughs> My stomach seized up and I couldn't break. <laughs> Did I break your stitches? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you everyone for listening to that episode of Roswell. Uh, check us out at SisMadeMeViewIt on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram, where we've done absolutely jack squats. Special thanks to Michael B. and Courtney for these. Special thanks to Michael B. and Courtney for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, for our intro and outro. You can, <laughs> you can catch our next Way of Kings episode a week from today, mm-hmm. November the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can, um, we'll be back with Haunting on Tuesday the 16th. And wow, another Roswell episode on Thursday the 18th. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be professional. We just, um, we haven't recorded together in a while, so clearly we have some kinks to work out. I don't even have the excuse that I'm on pain meds anymore. I know. This is just what we're <laughs> like bad. normally. Anyway, I gotta I gotta get back to storyboarding. I'm gonna go and work on my book. I believe in you. <laughs> Break. <laughs>